Welcome to the Covered Beloved Podcast, where we choose to live faith-infused, holistic lifestyles while nourishing and renewing our minds to experience the depths of God's love for us. Hey there, I'm Heidi Brom, world changer and mom on a mission to bring a whole new level of health and wellness to your home. As a decade-long essential oil advocate, self-proclaimed personal and kingdom development junkie, and your holistic lifestyle strategist, I believe that when God created the earth, he didn't leave us without solutions, that he created us to be healthy and whole, and that he's covered each and every one of us as mothers with his protection, grace, and wisdom on how to live our most healthy, happy, and joyful lives. Are you ready? It's time to become the healthy home mom God created you to be, because he's got you covered, beloved. Let's dig in. Hey, beloved, welcome back. Did you know that I have a 45-minute virtual essential oil workshop that helps mamas just like you exploring the potential of essential oils for health and wellness, but still trying to decide if they're a good fit for your home? Yes, I do. I have designed this workshop for passionate people just like you who are all about living clean and green and voting with their dollars. You want the best, you want the safest, you want the purest and most effective products in your home. I totally gotcha. Not only as a consumer, this is very important to me, but as a mother, I hear you. Those are all very important to me too. Essential oils were a huge part of our health journey as a family and still are today. In fact, my daughter just got her wisdom teeth removed. It's something that she does not like to swallow pills. She gags on them, even though she's 17. It's very hard for her to do, and so essential oils have provided us a way where she doesn't have to take any of those in. They're still a huge part of our health journey today, and so when I first started, my anxiety lifted after just one week of daily putting them over my chest and breathing them in. My husband started sleeping better when we would diffuse them at night in our bedroom, and I finally had real-world solutions at my fingertips for my girls. When they got a headache or a tummy ache or when they couldn't sleep or if they got sick or had a migraine or just needed an attitude adjustment. With all the positive effects they were having on my friends and family, and they were working so well for the patients at the clinic I worked for at the time, and of course for myself, I knew I found my purpose in teaching others how to use essential oils as a first line of defense in their home. I thought everyone needs to know these exist and that they have a safer, cheaper, and more effective option. So in this free workshop, I am going to teach you all about how to work with them and use them on your own. I'm going to help you understand the power of essential oils because it really does just look like water in those little bottles, right? And if you've ever thought that essential oils were overwhelming or complicated or that they didn't work, I would probably argue that somebody didn't take the time to come up with a specific plan and how they would be helpful for you and how you would use them. Or maybe the purity of the brand you tried was compromised in some way. So if that's you and you've been wanting to use essential oils but just don't know where to start, I'd like to invite you to attend my workshop. My goal is to educate and empower you so that you can make an informed decision on whether or not essential oils are even a good fit for you and your family. It's totally no pressure, and if you'd like a free sample to go along with the workshop to make it more interactive, which is always fun, you can opt for that in the link in the show notes. All right, so I'm going to read you a review. I love hearing testimonials that come in, and in fact, 
I want to share a couple with you from my VIP community. One mama shares, I used Heidi's tension combo when starting to feel tightness in my neck that usually brings on a headache. I have not had to use over-the-counters at all this week. Love my oils. Another user says, my son was burning up and had the chills, so I did the immune layering protocol. By the next morning, he was 100% better and went to his practice and school. He was shocked it worked. Ah, life would not be the same without these powerful tools. So check out the link in the show notes to take the first steps toward getting access. Again, they've become our go-to for almost the last decade as a first line of defense in our home, and I want to help as many mamas as I can learn how to use them now. There's never been a better time. All right, so let's do a little review from the last episode where I shared in part one of my Oils of the Bible series how oils were used for healing and other symbolic ways during ancient times, that they are not new age by any means, and the abundant evidence in the Bible helps to clarify that. We also learned how to first pray and then apply essential oils for healing and got a better understanding that essential oils come from all parts of the plants. They are highly concentrated and very few oils on the market today can be considered pure and unadulterated for biblical or medicinal purposes. In this episode, in part two of this series, I'm going to show you that it was God's idea to create oil blends as well as cover the historical and modern uses of oils. Plus, we're going to dive deeper into the prophetic telling of Jesus through the oil-producing plants in the Bible. This is going to be amazing. Let's dig in. Oil blends are not a new idea. They were actually God's idea. Yes, it's true. Think about the holy anointing oil recipe given to Moses. It was cinnamon, cassia, myrrh, calamus, and olive oil. Exodus 30, 22 through 25 gives us this recipe and instructs, you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil blend as by the perfumer, it shall be a holy anointing oil. So the main purpose of that blend was to sanctify or set apart, to detox sacrificial areas, to cleanse the spirit of unwanted sin and emotions as well, but could also be used as a holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. The oils used were all high in anti-inflammatory, antiviral, anticoagulant, antibacterial, and antifungal properties. Sounds like a pretty powerful blend if you ask me. I'm going to dig deeper into some of these oils and their benefits, but for now, I want to show you another recipe blend God gave Moses. It's found in Exodus 30, 34, and it's called the Holy Incense Blend. The incense blend is not to be confused with the holy anointing oil, but this is a second recipe blend God gave to Moses. The oils that were included were myrrh, anka, which is another resin like myrrh, um, galbanum, and frankincense. Actually, they're all resins. So we have four resin oils in this blend that God gave Moses in equal measures to make a fragrant blend of incense. As you can see, oil blends were God's idea, and we have blends for everything you could possibly imagine. We have blends for headaches, for digestive issues, for stress, for sleep, emotions, um, for cleaning, immune health, pain and inflammation, energy and movement, pregnancy, birth, and newborn care. Oh my goodness, I've had two pregnancies and births without oils, two pregnancies and births with oils, and it's such a difference. Cramps, PMS, menopause, thyroid function, wounds and skincare, and scarring, detoxing, and cleansing. I mean, I could just go on and on, you guys. 
For about everything you need an oil blend for, I'm pretty sure that one exists, and if it didn't already exist, you could create it. All right, let's dig into some of the oils in the Bible, their historical and modern uses, and also along the way, we will see how God uses them to point to Jesus. The first oil we're going to cover is aloes and sandalwood. So this is sandalwood, but it's referred to as aloes in the Bible. It's not to be confused with aloe vera, which is actually an American plant. Why wouldn't an American plant that produces oil be mentioned in the Bible? Because it wasn't on the map. So this is very important when it comes to sourcing. The oils that are mentioned in the Bible are indigenous to the Middle East. Just like you aren't going to find Malaluka in the Bible because it's indigenous to Australia, you're not going to find an American plant in the Bible either. Melaleuca is a great oil. I use it in my immune balm blend and on my skin. It's antifungal and anti-infectious and has many other great properties, but it's sourced from Australia, not the Middle East. So you're not going to see that one mentioned in the Bible. There are plenty of companies that do oils, but for the purest and most effective with all of the medicinal compounds for the health benefits we're looking for, we want one that sources from plants grown indigenously to that region or will work with growers that have found the ideal climate the plant can grow in. That's a very important factor to consider when you have specific results you're looking for. Okay, so the aloes or sandalwoods in modern times, so now, are steam distilled from the wood. It takes 40 to 60 years for the trees to mature for harvest. And a good essential oil company will make sure this sourcing is done in a sustainable way. Aloes are mentioned in several books of the Bible, including Numbers, Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, y'all know what that book is about, and John. Historically, sandalwood or aloes were used to enhance deep sleep. They were used for dry, chapped, and wrinkled skin. I mean, think about the environment in this dry desert climate. That makes sense. Uh, They were used for stomach discomfort, cold sores, and wounds. We know that sandalwood is antidepressive, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, anti-infectious, anti-spasmodic, anti-everything. It's a bactericide, an expectorant, a calmative, so it's very gently sedating. It's a cardiotonic, which means it's beneficial for the heart and circulatory system. It's a lymphatic decongestant. It's an aphrodisiac and sexual tonic. So now you know why it was in the book Song of Solomon. Let me just read this one to you (laughs) because it's good. All right, so this is Song of Solomon 4, verses 13 to 14. It says, Your branches are an orchard of pomegranates with the choicest fruits, with henna and nard, with nard and saffron, with calamus and cinnamon, with every kind of frankincense tree and myrrh and aloes, with all of the fine spices. Ah, does that not get you humming? all for the Lord, guys. God is fun. All right. Okay. Sandalwood is amazing for intestinal and urinary conditions that require a cooling astringent effect, as in cases of burning diarrhea or colitis or vaginal discharge of an off-white color. It's excellent for UTIs as well. It's great for nervous tension and depression. We already mentioned that sandalwood is a powerful aphrodisiac, but it's especially useful when sexual problems are caused by stress, anxiety, and feelings of isolation. Can anybody use that right now? It's soothing for chronic bronchitis and is often the first choice for relief. In fact, sandalwood oil mixes well with many other essential oils for respiratory relief, 
You can mix it with eucalyptus or lime or geranium if you have some thick mucus going on or lung or chest issues. You can diffuse or apply to the sternum and just breathe deeply. If you need additional immune support, sandalwood has a great way of discouraging virus communication from cell to cell and gently eliminating the misinformation that viruses use to lead cells into chaos. Got skin issues? Sandalwood is wonderful for all types of skin. It's balancing, it's soothing, it's hydrating. It's amazing for raw, infected, oily, or dry skin, and it has proved itself in the treatment of itchy skin and acne and aftershave bumps and can actually inhibit the growth of bacteria that can cause infection of ingrown hairs. You can add it to shampoos and rinses. It's great for that. It's great for dark hair and creates a silky shine in your hair. If you find yourself in a state of obsessive worry or worldly overattachment, this is a great oil for you. It helps calm irritation and aggression born out of frustration. Oh my goodness, I feel like I need to use this one right now. It quiets and stills the mind and opens you up to your higher self. It helps release confusion, fear, and nervousness to help you get a good night's sleep. Okay, the next oil I want to talk to you about is cassia. Now, this is an ingredient in the holy anointing oil given to Moses. It's antibacterial, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, antiviral, and an anticoagulant. It's mentioned in Exodus, Ezekiel, Psalm. It's very chemically similar to cinnamon. In fact, most of the cinnamon on the grocery shelf is actually cassia. (laughs) Cassia is called fake cinnamon and it's much cheaper. So companies will try to tell you it's cinnamon and sell it to you as if it were cinnamon, but it's really cassia including essential oil companies will try to do this to you as well. Historical uses of cassia, it was used as a mouthwash and to perfume the hair. It was used in cooking, applied topically to boils, ringworm, and fungal infections. So the spicy oils have compounds called phenylpropanoids. These are found in cassia and cinnamon in very high quantities. And they create conditions where unfriendly viruses and bacteria cannot live. The most important function performed by these is that they clean the receptor sites of the cells. Without clean receptor sites, the cells can't communicate and the body malfunctions resulting in sickness. We don't want that. Cassia is going to be great for any type of antiviral, antibacterial properties, okay? It's also going to be great for blood sugar. So, For any circulation or blood sugar issues, you can just dilute this oil and apply topically to the bottoms of your feet a couple times a day. If your hands or feet get cold in the winter months, this is a good one to dilute and apply topically to help them warm up. Just remember to dilute, dilute, dilute. Cassia is a hot, hot, hot oil, so you need to dilute this one with a carrier if you're going to use it topically anywhere on your body. And this one I would probably avoid using topically while pregnant just because of its strength. It's two to three times more potent than cinnamon, um, but you can certainly diffuse it a little bit and clean with it. You know, that would be just fine. Okay, our third oil is cypress. This one was used in ancient times for purification and incense. It's mentioned in Genesis, Isaiah, Kings, and Song of Solomon. Historically, it was used to heal scars. It was used for cramping, infections, nosebleeds, and arthritis. And with this one, you can do a word study and actually see that God uses Cyprus in Genesis 6, 14 
as a foreshadowing of Jesus's life and death and atonement for our sins. So here's the verse, and we're going to break this down. It says, so make yourself an ark of cypress or gopher wood. These words are interchangeable in different texts. Make rooms in it and pitch it. This is the verb, pitch it, inside and outside with pitch. And that's the noun. So again, you can go to Bible Hub and see that the word cypress means carpenter, tree, and gallows, which is a torture device. Pitch it, as in the verb, means to atone, forgive, cleanse, and cover. With pitch, the noun, is redemption, ransom, and satisfaction. So those eight who trusted in God, right, in this beautiful verse, and the ark were saved. I just have to share it with you the modern uses in order to kind of tie this all together in a pretty bow for you. We use it for acute chest discomfort. It's anti-infectious, anti-rheumatic. It's an astringent. It's calmative. It's antispasmodic. It's a neurotonic. It's great for skin and relieving acne and rashes and arthritis pain. But the one I want to tell you about the most is that cypress oil is the oil we use today as the blood oil. It improves circulation and strengthens capillaries. It helps with circulation and blood flow. It can address plaque in the blood vessels and help with varicose veins, and it's also used to increase white blood cell count. Cypress is the oil we use today for anything blood-related. So I just want you to think about that for a minute and make that connection. Did you catch what I said about the words in the verse above, that it's the blood oil or oil for blood, and that cypress, when we look that word up, it means carpenter, tree, and gallows, which is a torture device. Pitch it as a verb means to atone, forgive, and cleanse, and cover. With pitch as a noun means redemption, ransom, and satisfaction. Ah, what does this all mean? <laughs> Again, I want to encourage you to look all of these up for yourself and do your own research, but here's what it means when we pull it all together just from this one plant-producing oil of cypress. Oh, and by the way, the Latin name for Mediterranean Cypress is Suppressus Sempervirens, which means live forever. So here it is. Those who trust in Jesus, a carpenter by trade who died on a tree or torture device, will experience the atonement, cleansing, forgiveness of sin, and covering by a ransom in Christ who brought redemption and satisfaction to the Father by the blood he shed so that we too can be saved and live forever. Whoa. We could just stop right there and be done. Total mic drop, but there's so much more. And we have three more oils that I want to touch on, at least three more oils. I'm going to have to get into some of those in part three, but I want to keep going because I have one more that I want to share with you today. The last one I'm going to share about is frankincense. All of you are familiar with frankincense, right? It's the king of oils. The Egyptian tradition says that frankincense is good for everything from headache to gout. In other words, from head to toe. When in doubt, use frankincense. Frankincense was by far the biggest trade commodity and brought great wealth to Arabia. The ancient frankincense trail was used so many times over thousands of years that you can actually still see it on satellite images. We know frankincense and myrrh were brought to Jesus and his family. I could talk for an entire hour on frankincense alone. It's so amazing. Frankincense is mentioned in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, 1 Chronicles, Nehemiah, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Matthew, and Revelation. 
Historically, it was used for afterbirth care, infection, inflammation. It was used to improve concentration, meditation, and prayer, and it was applied at night to help sore feet. My favorite brand, the one that I trust, sources theirs from Oman, Somaliland, and Ethiopia, and focuses on poverty solutions and environmental stewardship while harvesting. These are ancient trees, and they're passed down from generation to generation, from father to son. Frankincense is a resin oil, like myrrh, and different species of frankincense trees thrive in different environments and soil types. So, for example, the Katerai species grows best in sandy soils, while the Farana species grows best in dry, rocky terrain. Farana trees also produce the largest size resin of all the Boswellia species. A good company will source from multiple locations to ensure that they are harvesting the resin from the place each of these Boswellia tree species grow best, but they will also have practices in place that ensure the trees are not over-harvested. They'll also invest back into the harvesters with fair wages, better work environments, supply of medicines and food, and schooling for their children to help improve the relationships in the supply chain, co-ops, and just to improve lives every step of the way. Modern uses include adding it to your face with your moisturizer for a glowing complexion. You can use it to remove moles and deal with warts too. We take a drop daily under our tongue for cellular protection and we start each and every spinal layering protocol that we have for immunity support, respiratory support, neurological support, inflammatory support, hormone, emotional support, and so much more. We start each and every one of those with frankincense. It can help eliminate brain fog and migraines or you can just diffuse it at the office if you want an afternoon pick-me-up or to improve your mood. We love to lavish ourselves with this liquid gold. All right, do you know how frankincense is sourced? This is the part where God uses frankincense to tell the story of Jesus. To source the frankincense, they have to cut through and score the frankincense tree and the resin oozes out. And then it's scraped away. That's a lower grade of frankincense in that first cut. Then they score and cut the tree again, and in the second cut, the resin that oozes out is a deeper quality, and and that one's scraped away, and then the tree is scored and cut again, and it is this third scraping that offers the deepest healing and therapeutic quality. After the tree is cut deep three times, you can't even use the resin yet. Resin oils like frankincense and myrrh do not distill well in water when it's whole. It has to be beaten and broken down beforehand. And it's usually the women that clean the resins. This reminds me of the women that had followed Jesus and cared for his needs. Do you know what the dried resins are called when they're first harvested? They're called tears. The dried frankincense resins are called tears. Isaiah 53.3 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Uh, It's so humbling to be reminded of the sacrifice Jesus made for us. He saw everything and still chose the cross for us. It was that 
third day, right? We It's that third cutting and scoring that we get that deep, deep healing resin. And it's that third day that he rose again, right? To give us that deep, deep healing. Jesus paid a price for you. Listen, beloved, maybe you're listening to this and you aren't quite sure if you've received or chosen Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to invite you to do that right here, right now, today. If you're driving, just pull over if you can. If you're running or walking or folding laundry, just please pause for a moment and take a deep breath in. When God created us in his image, he didn't speak us into existence. He created us with his hands and breathed into us his breath of life. And when Jesus breathed his last breath, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The veil was torn so that you could come close to God. But we have to believe that Jesus and everything he died for and did for us because he loved us was because he was the only begotten son of the Father God. When he came to earth, he was born of a virgin, being tempted in all points as we are, yet untainted by sin. In this way, he became an acceptable sacrifice for the sins of man. This was God's rescue plan all along because he loves you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. You were created by a loving God who knew about you and thought about you before the earth was ever formed. You have value. You are priceless. God loves you and wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants you to come back to him. Jesus' victory on the cross is our victory. And if you're ready to live from a place of victory in your life, and if you want Jesus to be your lighthouse and you don't want to feel lost anymore or afraid anymore, then this is your opportunity to change all of that. Jesus died an excruciating and completely unimaginable death for this moment for you to say yes to God. He was beaten, had a crown of thorns twisted around his head, making him bleed. He was beaten with a whip with shards of metal. The stripes on his back were not from bruising or bleeding skin. His flesh was voraciously torn from his back and the muscles and bones were left totally exposed. He was beaten and exposed for you. The torture went on as he carried his cross dehydrated, refusing anything to anesthetize the pain. And after taking an illegal beating in order to be a sacrifice for you, he hung naked and shamed, living for hours and eventually dying by asphyxiation as in his position, it was impossible to breathe. Suffering the ultimate feelings of rejection because when he became sin for us, he had to be forsaken by his father in heaven. He died that we might live and live life abundantly to the full. He died to give us a very good life of freedom to serve God. He is the acceptable sacrifice, the only sacrifice that God will accept for our sins. Only through Christ can you have a personal relationship with God. So if you are ready, beloved, confess this prayer with me and you will be saved. Father, I know that my sins have separated me from you. I come before you and acknowledge that I am a sinner. I repent. Thank you that Jesus died in my place. Jesus, I call upon your name and ask you to cleanse me with your blood and forgive me of my sins. I open my life to you and I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. I believe you were born of the Virgin Mary, 
died and were resurrected on the third day that I might have eternal life. I invite you into my heart, Jesus Christ. Let your Holy Spirit rest in me and use my body as a living temple. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Hey, beloved, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, head over to iTunes for Covered Beloved and leave a five-star review. Hit subscribe while you're there. And of course, if you have friends who would benefit from today's episode, be sure to share. Until next time, remember, God's got you covered.